0: Hi, and welcome to season two of Big Sound Small Town, the podcast that spotlights the talented and diverse musicians in small towns and communities. This season, we're branching out to include the community of people who make it possible for musicians to be able to perform their music the producers, the recording engineers, the venue owners, and many others. And as always, the small town musicians. Remember, small town doesn't mean small town. Hear their stories. today on Big Sound small town my guest is singer and frontman
1: of the band OLM Walter Hall welcome to the show Walter hey Sandy thanks for having me all right all right so I guess you want to know about me huh well I
0: mean this is um, whole idea of the, of the podcast sure but we can talk about um, how pretty a day it is I don't care we can talk about anything.
1: Well, you know, I love talking about me, so let's stick with that. That's great, then. Here we (laughs) go. you know, I am a Cleveland County native, you know, always been into music. Uh, I think uh, for the Cleveland County roots, it goes back to being, it starts with a girl. You know, every Uh, good story starts with a girl. And uh, I had a crush on this girl, and the girl wasn't very interested. But I tried to woo over with these terrible songs that I'd write. I was about 14, 15 she was a very nice lady, and she introduced me to her mother, who was in a band. And you may remember her, Nancy Owens, from the band Mama Said. I was um, in
0: that band? Yeah. Well, I do. I am
1: really familiar yeah. with that band. So Nancy became a very good friend and mentor to me. Wait, which which daughter would that have been? Heather. Heather. Yeah. So, hey, Heather, if you're out there listening, <laughs> I'm bragging about you, laughing at
0: you. <laughs> but, uh,
1: but they were excellent people. They were very good to me. And that led me... It put me in a lot of the right places at the right time. So it started as before I'd go to school, I'd go meet Nancy at the coffee shop or yeah. something. We'd just talk songwriting. How what, what old how a song. would you have been then? Sixteen. I was, 16. I was just barely driving. You know, the first thing I could do when I could drive was were find you already my people. Were you already writing songs before this? Uh, yes. Or, or just
0: to her? Or was this something? No.
1: I had, uh, I think as long as I could pick up a guitar... As soon as I could strum a couple chords, I was putting my own words to right. other people's songs and seeing did, what I could do. Did you just decide to pick up? What about the guitar? Did you decide to pick it up one day? No. I. Uh, when I was 10, 11 years old, I saw a VH1 special on Aerosmith, Behind the Music. Yeah. And I knew that there was no reason to go to class the next day. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> I was certain of it and still feel that way in you know, a lot of regards. But I walked out to Grandpa's house and he had always had a guitar, for all, he always had an instrument for any of his grandchildren. And I was the youngest, I got the last pick, there was a little electric and acoustic. So I picked up the acoustic, he showed me a few chords. And it took many years of picking it up and putting it down before I finally was, just got determined. And that was probably around age 14, 15, quit holding video game controllers right. and started holding the guitar right. more. It felt good in my hand, you know, and I enjoyed singing. I was never a strong singer, but I really enjoyed it. And I played a little bit of piano. You know, my folks were kind enough to give me piano lessons right. when I was about 11. And the guitar was different. It was just something that was portable for one. You could walk around the house playing it. You never had to put it down. True. And I just, I really fell in love with it. So I've been writing as long as I could manage it. Right. Not as long as I could hold it, but as long right. as I could manage it. Um, so again, you know, about that time I'm, I'm meeting with Nancy as uh 16 years old, and it kind of merges over to come hang out after school to the radio station. Mm -hmm. So I got to where I was hanging out at the radio station all the time. Um, After a year or so of just constant lingering, they finally offered me an afternoon DJ job my senior year. So before I went off to college, I had the experience of a paid DJ. And, you know, I'd been closely supervised up to that point. You know, they were all my buddies. I uh I skipped school all the time. I was at the which, station. Which which was this uh WGWG? This was WGWG, yeah, Gardner Webb radio station. So that would have been Jeff Powell. Jeff Powell, Noel Manning, yeah, Helen Pack. Yeah, Helen Pack. Yeah. I uh good people. One of the first jobs I had there, and this really impacted my songwriting, was a guy, Roland B. did a reggae show. Mm-hmm, and for did. the very first thing that I ever did on air, Jeff said, "I want you to go hang out with Roland. Just get a feel for it." I said, "I don't know anything about reggae music." He's like, "Well, you will, <laughs> you yep. know." And I had a blast, you know. He would do that on I think it was Tuesday, Thursdays. Yeah, it was like, like eleven, that. you know. That was when I first started sneaking out of the house. Was going to see bands, you know. I was just I was in love with. That's the, music, the rock
0: and roll thing you know? to do, you know. I mean,
1: and uh, it was a it was an excellent experience. And Roland played a big part in my songwriting. He taught me the. Play on the two and four. Yeah. You know, he said, Don't play like a white boy. You want <laughs> yeah, to do this, you and, uh, know. And, and Nancy and I talked about this on a few occasions, but we as Americans were so used to that one, three, one, yeah. three. When you do that two, four, especially mm-hmm. if you can mix it in a song, True. it really makes people move and it bob really their does. head. Mm-hmm. And so my songwriting at an early age, I I learned that two four, and I to this day I write most of my songs in that style. And once the song Comes to me, the song finds itself. Most of the time, it changes to a completely different rhythm and idea. Oh, yeah. But to find the melody and the idea, you do it on two the, and the four? two and four, really, just to get that little bop. Ah, mm-hmm. Not pretty, always. but uh,
0: that's pretty cool you know. because um actually, you're the first of the uh, non-drummers to uh, tell me that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're the only one, and there's been a ton of writers through here, and that's really cool. Yeah, and, you know, if uh, one of the songs and I've, and I've heard your stuff, so I know you don't
1: do all reggae, right? No, we don't. It's um, uh, and and that's you know, that's a big part of my songwriting too. And I learned this at the radio station early on that every genre has great and terrible music. It does. And I agree. One thing it was a personal mission, you know. I just I wanted to play what I liked. I didn't want to be a country artist. I didn't want to be a singer songwriter. I just yeah. wanted to be a musician, yeah. you know, and luckily, you know, when I moved back to Shelby a few years ago and ran into the guys I'm playing with now, you know, they all adopted that same mission. We were all quick to say, this is a great idea. That's good. You know, and when we play shows, that's one of our better feedbacks is that we like the variety and we like the diversity, you know, because we don't play the same thing. Yeah, we right. set out to play the best of all worlds. Mm-hmm. You know? That's good. I mean that's a good musical mission no doubt. Yeah. And it, and it's
0: not like just being a total cover band. Right. I mean, I mean There's nothing wrong with with cover bands. I'm not uh, alluding to that in any way. But there's also a lot to be said for exploring as many different genres of music as you can.
1: Yeah. One of the songs that I wrote uh, several, several years back, and I've carried with me through the years, and and frankly, I'm tired of it, but (laughs) it's a good song. And uh, we've recorded it several times. It's uh, on our latest recording. Uh, And and the band I'm referring to is OLM. That is my band. Uh, We'll tell a little more about them here in a little bit. But the song in particular has been very successful for us. A lot of people really like it, and it really kind of sums up our mission. It's called Ollie Jones. Uh, It's a country song. That has a reggae chorus. It has that offbeat feel, yeah. and it's perfectly out of place. You know, and that's what we like about it, and I think that's what a lot of other people like about it. Um, there was another song I wrote, same concept, called "The Muse." It was about writer's block. You can find it on Spotify, yeah, iTunes, all that good stuff. That stuff. It um, it was the same concept, but we took a rock and roll song with a reggae chorus, and you know. And it's kind of funny because it's the same song. You know, we just slightly changed the tempo, put some different words to it, and that, that's the whole of music. You realize too, yeah, you absolutely. You know, so we stole that one from ourselves. So yeah. I guess that's okay.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. all musicians still. Yeah, we all borrow. The way back to borrow. Yeah. Still, still creatively the word. borrow. <laughs> all right, we'll go with that. We'll, we can go with that. All right, so. You want to talk about that band?
1: Yeah, let me tell you about the band. I got an amazing band. Uh, 15, 16 years old, I'm playing in a praise band. A guy that I would meet many years down the road, Kenny Cox, was playing in a praise band with me. Uh, We went off to college, went separate ways. I moved back to Shelby about five years ago. And one of the first things I did was set out to find people to play with. And I ran into Kenny Cox, one of the first people I bumped into. And said, hey man, you still playing? Yeah, you still playing? Yeah, you ain't playing with anybody? Nah, 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 So we got together and started playing coffee shops and doing what we could to put something right. together. Um, picked up a drummer that ended up not working out, and that's all right because through that drummer, picked up a phenomenal bass player, uh, Andrew Hewitt. Yeah, is he a monster of a bass player. He um, is a monster. We often joke that we have a lead bass player and you a do. guitar player. <laughs> and uh we uh, picked up matt curtis on drums which has worked out perfectly for us um we came together with the mission that we're going to do this for the love of music we want to write our own music and we're going to make this work you know the goal long-term goal was to all of us be able to quit our jobs we know it takes time and so we've been building at that for the past few years and going to continue to build at that once we got the ball rolling, you know, we liked every single band name that was presented to us. So finally one day, we got fed up with it, and we said, we're going to go outside, and all around Shelby, there's these big discs as a tribute to Don Gibson with one of his songs listed on it. Push a little button, and it plays the song, tells you a little bit about it. So we're going to go out there, and whatever song is on that record, we're going to name ourselves that. We're not going to fight about it. We're not going to argue. It's just going to be it. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, so we became Old Lonesome Me. And we rolled with that for a year. Uh, some of our earlier stuff is still on Spotify and iTunes as Old Lonesome Me. So if let you me check ask you that before out. we yep. go further. Sure. Did you guys do Old Lonesome Me? No, we never covered the song, uh, and we respectfully always declined to. Yeah. We, our tribute was after his name. Exactly. You, you know, but we are, we are not Earl Scruggs. We're right. not Don Gibson. Right. We are OLM. We are our own breed of terrible. <laughs> <laughs> And so we did that for a year. After about a year, we, uh, we signed with a small label, uh, learned some tricks and tips. That led us to a management company down in South Carolina, uh, Red Arrow Management, Cliff Witherspoon, excellent guy. Uh, we thank the world of him. He's been an excellent mentor to us. Uh, even though we're no longer contractually obligated, just the ability to pick up a phone and have a friend sure. in the music community. It's very you know, important. You know, So if anybody's listening and you have any questions about the music business, I'll give the man a plug. Red Arrow Studios is a great place to start. Um, so one of the things when he started working with him, he said, it's too hard to Google, oh, lonesome me. He says, you're going to have to do something. And we've already built somewhat of a following. And so it was either pick a whole new name or uh, adapt. So we chose to adapt, and we just cut it down to OLM. Prints real easy on a shirt, types in real easy in Google. Man. And that's worked out really well for us.
0: So. You see, you've had a good response
1: to that. Yeah, in mind. too much about the name change. Uh, it's been some of the older venues that we played at in the beginning. It takes a couple of reminders that that's right. not what we go by. But fans, fans, and listeners, okay? Uh, we we closed down the old social media, opened another one. I think under the moniker O oh, Lonesome Me, we had had around five seven hundred followers, and just the other week we broke twenty five hundred yeah. under OLM. So yes, that's. So, again, yes, if you listen to OLM Music, check us out on Facebook and all that social media. That's really cool stuff. It's a good way to keep up with us and what's going on. And, you know, another thing that we learned from working with a management company was, you know, a lot of people have wonderful music, but what do you do with it? You know, how do you present it? And before I go any further, I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> we talked I was about hoping. creator. I, was I know, hoping. right? Man, I, God, I was all set for that answer. But, you know, To think creatively. You know, just to put the music out there is not enough. How do you put it out there? What's, uh, can you give people an incentive? Uh, So this year, what we did, once we got all our tunes recorded for this most recent album, uh, Tattoos and Eyes, we released each song off of this album as a single each month. We'd release a different one and we could get the feedback from it, and we could So it was push like a 12-song it. CD? It's a seven-song CD. Okay. Uh, we did one cover. We did a cover of Amy Winehouse's Valerie that was thrown <laughs> in a, the mix. That's a different... That's different. And uh, so that's been a really fun way of finding fans because we push a song really hard and we pull some fans from various groups on social media get friends to share their friends then next month we have something brand new whereas if you the traditional way to put out a CD you push it as hard as you can but all the material has been released and it was a really good incentive to push people to come to shows because we'd sell you the full CD at the show right But if you wanted to listen to it on YouTube or Spotify and you can and I encourage that. We hope you do.
0: You call it a song at a time though is how you were doing
1: it. Right. So we marketed a song at a time. We have the actual C D for sale. And, you know, like I said, they're all out there. So you can round them up, the ones you like the best. Right. And so that's been a good way of doing it. So you can
0: self-assimilate a CD from the... the Yeah, absolutely.
1: You can pick your favorites. If there's one you don't like, you don't have to get it. (laughs) That's uh, that's a pretty good idea. I like that. So another thing we started doing was we started doing small giveaways. I think the most successful one we did was we teamed up with Tattoo Parlor in South Carolina, Lost Sailor Tattoo Studio, and we purchased a $200 voucher for somebody, and we gave it away. We did the like, share, you know, right. leave a comment yeah. type thing. And we picked up a few hundred followers from that one. That was a really cool... And one of the favorite songs on this particular album was Tattoos and Eyes. It was just a really cool song.
0: We wouldn't you understand know. about tattoos
1: when we know. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, really. And <laughs> rowdy crowd in here. Yeah. And um, it's uh you know, just different creative marketing is, yeah. you know, that was a big thing we walked away with. And the final thing, you know, the biggest thing was, you know, how you carry yourselves, you know, you go to uh, a lot of shows and you'll see this phenomenal player standing there in his coveralls sure. from where he had just got off work sure. that day. And it's amazing We uh, how much image really plays a factor the image is everything the image is everything you know so a bunch of you know mediocre guys like us started dressing up in suits and people started taking it serious <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean, I mean I, hey it's worked for
0: bluegrass music
1: for yeah. uh, uh, hundreds of years oh, now man if it's good enough for John Prine it's good enough for us exactly <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I,
0: I, you can't argue that at all So was this a self-recorded CD, or did you go somewhere to do this?
1: We did this all at Red Arrow Studio. We had Cliff produce it. Okay, so
0: he has a studio, too, a recording studio. All right,
1: that's
0: good. So he's just not into management. He also has...
1: Right, and okay. that is predominantly what he does. We we begged him to manage us. Right, sake. yeah. He's, uh, he has credentials. He uh, he was the original bass player for Jackal, and he's worked with some yeah. really stellar artists. You know, you should look him up on your own accord. He's a really He'd be happy to talk to you. Just shoot him an email, and he's a super nice guy.
0: That's cool. See, that's uh, things that people don't know. I mean, people have no idea where people... I, I don't know. I think they think it's magic how you get these... Uh, cds and music projects done you know i mean people don't think about okay we live in shelby north carolina well what's our access to uh places to record our music right so i mean
1: people like to know that sure and you know a lot of just very simple things say i've recorded this great album how do i put it on itunes true you know just folks like that that can answer these real simple questions you know you know you need guidance no doubt you know,
0: Sounds like you seek guidance pretty much along the way from everything from songwriting to uh, the production end of of the company.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we we treat our band like a business. You yeah. know, the eat the end of each month we take out thirty percent, split it four ways. That's what we get paid as band members. The rest oh, stays cool. to yeah. the band. You know, we're going to use it for a future recording. Right. We, uh, The big thing next year, we're going to put out three music videos. We're going to I need we to got. introduce so. you to Kevin Bridges. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know the man. <laughs> and
0: see, see if maybe you could uh, incorporate, get him to incorporate some of that stuff in. Say so he needs to pay his people a little better? <laughs> he pays them fine. He pays them fine. But I was thinking that maybe you could talk him into four hundred one ks for us, or oh man, it's true. You know, no, he pays us fine. Actually, I will say this: between Walter today and John Byrne, we've kind of dogged Kevin because he was supposed to be here as a co no, we, I walked
1: into this. Uh, yeah.
0: So, so uh, I will tell I you, you Kevin. I played with a lot of people, but. I have never had to worry about getting my money from Kevin Bridges from jobs. I'm notorious for when the job is over. By oh, I don't I don't have to wait around and get but for so long I was a, the front man of a band or the person in the band that could do math. Right? <laughs> so
1: I'm so, both, yeah. so so
0: I had to take care of getting the money for a, a number of years. Well, um it was great playing with Kevin. Now, I played for people, and as you may or may not know, sometimes the, the pay is not what it's supposed to be, or it's different, or if you don't get it, if you're not there to get it, yeah, it's- then it's gone. You know, you don't see it again. But Kevin, bless his heart, and you owe me $200, Kevin. Um, <laughs> uh, he does. Um, uh, he, he, I don't, I never have to worry about getting the money. Uh, he's great to work with. I'm dogging him, but he's an excellent person to yeah. to work with. He's
1: a, you know, again, when I my radio station days, I was going to see the Dancing Hobo. who yeah. was up at the coffee shop there. Mm-hmm. I still love that song, "The, the Fire." That's down a the, good, yeah. I yeah. can yeah. But
0: all right, so so we're coming into um, 2020.
1: Yeah.
0: What happens? What's up next sure.
1: with Oh William? Um, so we just put out. Got an album. We got a lot of material. Our uh, our goal for twenty twenty is to obviously play as much as possible. we uh, we play almost every weekend right now. We're trying to get to every weekend.
0: Do you, you have a booking agent for that?
1: I take care of all that. So okay. if you're interested in having us, just shoot me a message. Again, on that note.
0: On that note. You book other bands. Uh, for a fee, for a fee, I would sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, You're just trying uh, to get more I, business. Uh, yeah, for Yeah, sure. You. I, uh, you know, I've, I've made a few connections with a few people, and you know, if you wanted some help with that, I uh, sure reach phenomenal, out to me for a nominal yeah. fee. Yeah, exactly. He's gotta you has got to make a living. Yeah, I'm not cheap. I'm I straight mean, up about that. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> I'm glad. But uh, so you know, next year another goal, You know, we we put out this CD. We put out all this material. We're gonna put out. I'm we'll going to put out three songs next year. But the goal behind them is to put a nice, quality music video with it so that right. we can share, share. People like the visual. They do. And,
0: you Some know, that's U-H. something we've
1: kind of missed out on this mm-hmm. year. We were, you know, it, it, it all takes so much time. It does. It, you know, and like I said, we do treat it like a business. And we sit back and we marvel at the baby steps that we take. But we're so proud of them. You know, a, a year ago we bought a van. We finally had something we can oh, all sit great. in and put all our equipment in, you know. Uh, a month or so ago, we finally ditched all the old used equipment we had all accumulated and bought new sound sound, gear, sound you equipment, know, quality yeah. stuff that we can take with us and sound professional if there's not already a, a soundboard. And you know now we negotiate our rates accordingly. You know are right. We, are you providing sound or are we yeah. run the sound? You know.
0: Well, you know you you do know that you play for free. You charge yeah, to tear down.
1: Yeah. And it is, it, it is heartbreaking if you count back the hours that you put into it and
0: no no no, people, no do not
1: do that <laughs> a, a lot of people you know you see musicians. if you're not a musician, it's very hard to understand that it is a labor of love you're We only show up because we want to be there. The money very rarely comes back for most of us. Okay. And, but we're we're very grateful. Our band is covering expenses. We're putting a little bit in our pockets, a little more each month. We're having fun. I think that's the most important part. Is man, we're absolutely having a blast. You know, we're going all these places. We're meeting all these really cool people. This is a bar down in uh near Piedmont called Tribbles. Excellent place. We love playing there. And uh, nine from Rise Guys Morning Show, 93.3. Mm-hmm. He's a frequent there. He's a huge fan of the band. You know, That's we right. play down there and he wants to get up and introduce us. And it just makes you That's feel good. Yeah, it does. You know, have somebody of that stature. It could be anywhere in the world, you know, seeing anybody. Well, anywhere in the Charlotte, Greenville I area. I
0: am not playing in the Charlotte, or in the Charlotte area, yes. But the Greenville, the South Carolina area too much these days, do they still play all night long?
1: Oh, man, they have a blast down there. They, they still play at 2 and 3 and 4 Absolutely. in the morning? Yes, yes. Uh, we love playing South Carolina. It is, a, it is amazing. You go across that state line, and they party differently.
0: They do. <laughs> and longer.
1: Yeah, we have a blast. There's this uh, it's a country, it's Carolina Western Pub down in Columbia. It's a country western bar, two-story place. And we are so out of place in this country western bar. And they love us because of our variety. Yeah. And it goes over well. They have all these college kids come in and they'll we'll play an hour, hour and a half set, they'll have a DJ stand in for an hour. Then we'll come back, play an hour, an hour and a half set. And man, we have the best time. The kids have the best time. They uh it's Last time we were down there, we looked out, and they're all singing along to a song that we had just wrote a few months back. Like, we know you don't know this song, but right. <laughs> that pretty girl beside you thinks she knows it, so you think you know it. Good enough. And Aye. we see you think you know one of our songs. That makes us feel good. True. You know? You got You got a question? Never told Speaking of uh, favorite places to play, there's a, a particular... It's a Carolina Western bar it's, uh, down in Columbia. Carolina Western Pubs, the, the name of it. And we're very out of place there because we... Uh it's a Western bar. They expect yeah. you to come in and play country music. Sure. And I think we know like two or three, so, you know, actual country songs. So you prepared. guys like the
0: blues brothers in uh when you Yeah, 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 yeah right. we jump hot. Uh,
1: it is amazing how often we reference that movie. Oh really. And just little jokes, you know. We'll show up it'll be somebody else's band, name on the marquee, and guess, you know. And we're the good old O L M brothers, <laughs> blues boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you just learn to roll with the punches, but You know, so we go a lot of places and, you know, a lot of bands have the advantage of saying, we're a rock band. We're a country band. We don't have that luxury because we work so hard to avoid that country. Is
0: that harder to book, though? Absolutely. I was, I was, I mean, I'm sure that's a problem. Absolutely. Coming from that background to have to, it's an easier road when you define yourself, but if, but if not, then you do have to work harder at it.
1: Right. But it, it. even though it's harder to book it works in our advantage once we get our foot in the door Right, I do. and you know again this this particular bar is a perfect example is they love having us because we're so refreshing from the norm and the crowd loves it because it's it's not what they saw the last six Friday nights in a row mm-hmm. you find you know you get a breath of fresh air True. and you know we, we do country we, we play with it and there's a lot of great stuff in country that there we steal is. that idea and we just put it in the way we like to do things Yeah, and um so, Is,
0: your venues are they? Are we talking mostly craft breweries these days? Festivals, craft breweries. Uh anywhere that pays. Uh, <laughs> you know how that goes. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. We, uh, we, we can be ha- had for bar
1: mitzvahs and that's right. Weddings. Son gets out of prison. You give yep, us a call. Yeah, we will be there. there. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we played at some interesting places. Uh, there's. Uh, a lot of craft breweries, you know, they're they're a pretty good staple. Seems yeah, like they, they always don't. have music, and yeah. you don't have to worry about too much there. There's uh, yeah. people yeah. only drinking beer; they don't get too rowdy in no. some of these places. <laughs> we played this place, in Lawrence uh, had, you know, speaking of Blues Brothers, had a cable goes around stage, and sure enough, had fishnet that you could pull around. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt, and drummer goes up, and he says, "I want a gin and tonic." The lady looked him dead in the eye, and said. We don't have either of those. (laughs) So, uh, by light, (laughs) that works. That's funny. Yeah, that's um. So we play places like that. We uh, we're trying to break into these bigger venues. We'd love to start opening for some larger name acts. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've done that. That is
0: the actually that's about as good as it gets. Because if you get to the point where you're a headliner. It's not near as much fun as being the opening act. You can kind of steal their thunder. Sometimes you right. get booed. But then the other part is you're done. Yeah. You're done early, which is
1: good. Yeah. And I will say one of my favorite parts about this journey is getting to hang out with all these other musicians. Yeah. I mean, I've met some really cool people. I've gone to some free shows that I would have otherwise missed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you get the reputation, people are happy to see you there. They And, are. you know, and it's... It becomes a little community. It is. It. it really is, and, and I've really enjoyed that part of the ride.
0: As long as you like musicians, well, musicians yeah. seem to understand musicians. Uh, there's others that do uh, under, understand them. Uh, any females who are males who have ever had to be involved with <laughs> uh, musicians probably get free trips to heaven, no matter what they yeah. do. <laughs> you know, sound men too, but
1: we're a different breed. We're, uh, again, you know, it goes back as we love the music more than most things I think and mm-hmm. I think that shows and it can be tough for people around us yeah um, but it makes sense to us <laughs>
0: I mean it's you know it's a blessing and a curse it is yeah. I mean you wind up being my age and still realizing that you kind of want to do that and it's way past the time you should be doing that but I mean you know um, I can give you a hundred stories about how music has impacted people's Lies both positively and negatively. Sure, so.
1: you know, that uh, that's actually a great segue into where it all began for me. Okay. You know, I, uh, when I was a kid, my brother was 10 years older and my sister was 14 years older. So there was a big age difference. Uh, my brother was a very sick child. He had a rare heart condition. And without knowing the details exactly, it had spread over his lifetime and got to his lungs. And uh, when he was 20 years old, I was 10, My, He was staying in the children's hospital in Philadelphia. My mother was living at the Ronald McDonald House in Philadelphia, which was just a few blocks away. And my father was going up every week. Every other week, he'd take me up with him. He'd take me out of school at noon and uh, drive me up there. So I'd get credit for being in school that day. And then we'd drive back on Sunday and be with him on Saturday. And, you know, we got a lot of bad news then. And that's where the music really kicked in. I had a Walkman. And, mm. you know, anytime it got... That's where the escapism starts. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, there's a better place. You don't—you can ignore it. You can tune it out. And that's when I really fell in love with music. You know, I had these long ride trips with my dad listening to classic rock. Sure. You know, George Thorgood kind of opened up the door for blues mm-hmm. with House Rant Blues. That turned me on to John Lee Hooker. Um, led me to Blues Brothers, you know, and I've always joked and said that I'm a blues singer that does other things. You, ought,
0: you do have a pretty bluesy, yeah. bluesy voice. Yeah, no.
1: So, but, you know, music, it, it was my escape, you know, and it was through that traumatic event that, you know, I, I found what would become my calling. Mm-hmm. And so it was right after that, you know, I was, let me take piano lessons, let me take piano lessons, and... Wow, their son's dying right now. We can't really right. think about that. you know. Uh, in December, close to Christmas, uh, he did receive a heart double lung transplant. Uh, this was a huge impact on my thinking as a 10-year-old because I kept hearing, you know, a Christmas miracle. Right. You know? Your brother's alive. It's a Christmas miracle. But I was old enough to understand that somebody else went to a funeral that year. Mm. And so the circle of life kind of, it really... It was a very mature thought for yeah, a child say. at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I turned to music, um, and I think that's probably what kind of turned songwriting to songwriting too. You know, just some sort of a light, outlet, outlet, an expression. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, trauma can be turned to good things. It can, know, it can. And music can do a lot of wonderful things. It can, it really can. Um,
0: so that's pretty good. I, or so, or. Right at this moment, do any of your band members hold down jobs other than being musicians? Yeah, we're
1: all full-time employed. We do the Monday through Fridays, yeah. and we just eagerly wait till we clock out on Fridays. Yeah. It's, you know,
0: it's um, it's one of the smarter things you can do because you will probably not reach the point where you'll ever be uh, eighty years old going out having to play because uh, I didn't have a job during all this time but playing music. So I have to keep playing these songs till I die because that's right what I do.
1: Right. Well, you know, my group's a pretty level-headed bunch of guys. We uh, The goal is to quit the job. The short-term goal is to cut to part-time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, But we're not going to do any of that until Bill's match. That's a good and good that's idea. just... Yeah. It's a reality. But, you know, we live in an excellent spot that we're right in the center of the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And so on any given weekend, we can run up or down the That's coast. True. You know, we have great standing at our places of employment. They're flexible with the hours that we work. So as long as we manage our time, we can take off on a Wednesday yeah. and do a weekend That's tour. Good. That's good. You're lucky to and, have that. But, and the sacrifice is. Hey baby, you want to go on vacation this weekend? Uh, no, yeah, <laughs> we got to I mean, save this time up, off. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got to play. No, yeah. I can't go. I mean, I can go play three jobs, or I can go on a short vacation. Yeah.
1: But yeah. like you said earlier, you know, it is a it is a toll on the loved ones. It you is. know, that's you don't get as many romantic getaways on the yeah, weekends. or the sacrifices like that. they make. Walter, I appreciate you coming, yeah, coming been to pleasure. the show.
0: And uh, I've learned so much. And, of course, I wish you nothing but success.
1: I appreciate it, Sandy. Thank, Thank, you so Thank you for your time. Thank you.